Carcon Carne is sponsored by Sopel Solar, S-O-P-E-L, solar.com. The Sopel in Sopel Solar is for Brent Sopel, former Chicago Blackhawk, NHL player, hockey great. Brent Sopel is going to be your guy who's going to help you achieve cost certainty and get solar on your home. Start saving money the second those panels are up. Nothing out of pocket. It costs nothing for the consultation. SopelSolar.com. Tell them I sent you. Some, tell them Carcon Carne sent you. It's Carcon Carne. Let's eat in the car. It's Carcon Carne. And now here's the star of our show. James Van Carcoon Carney is also sponsored by this book, 90 Days in the 90s, written by my friend Andy Fry. It's a trip back to the 90s. Wouldn't you like to go back to the 1990s? I think we all would, if only for a little bit. Take in some shows maybe we never got to see the first time around, iconic shows at venues that are maybe no longer with us, like the Double Door on Milwaukee or Lounge Jacks or the Avalon. Go back in time. That is the spirit of 90 Days in the 90s. Darby, record store owner Darby, gets to go back to 90s Chicago. She takes the mystical gray line and soaks it all up. The pop culture and the nostalgia. 90 Days in the 90s, if you're looking for a, tr- a book to read on a road trip this coming Thanksgiving week or looking for a gift for that music-loving friend of yours, 90 Days in the 90s, go to 90daysinthe90s.com. That's how Giorgio does it. Oh, yeah. That's how you sync the audio and the video. G, the G-Man does that, it. That, that's, I, I trust him. <laughs> I would, too. I've had him clap in front of me for a long time. <laughs> it's Carcon Carne in front of Red Hot Ranch. To my right, if you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube, that is stand-up comic. That is radio star Kevin Kellum, a, a longtime friend. Nice to see you. This is wonderful. We, we have the roller of uh, the CTA Blue Line. Probably not running on time behind us. Here's the beauty of Kevin Kellum. I, I knew, I knew, heading into tonight that there was <laughs> that I would be late. <laughs> that there was no way on God's green earth. Now here's the thing about me: I'm always early. Okay, it, yes, it is yeah. a sickness of mine, but it's 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 my sickness. I own mm-hmm. it. I'm always early, and I knew pulling up. I knew getting this plum spot in front of Red Hot Ranch on Armitage <laughs> that I would just be cooling my heels. In fact, I cooled my heels so much that I already ate a hot dog because I got tired of waiting. <laughs> I don't blame you for it. I don't blame you for it. But yeah. here's the best part. So you're you're running a little bit behind. Mm-hmm. I, what, what time is it now? It's uh, oh, publish it. Hey, let's say you're you're 20 minutes late. Okay. Um, I'm sitting here waiting. I see you. You got dropped off actually nowhere near the so restaurant. There's a Red Hot Ranch on uh, Western. Right. And the guy who drops me off. There was a bit of a speaking thing, and I and he got me back to the intersection. I didn't want to. At that point, it was just confusing for. Her. I was like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I, I'm just I'm sitting here in my car and I'm looking and I'm like. Why the fuck is Kevin all the way over there and he's coming toward me? And then Kevin runs right past the car. Because I'm going to the parking lot. I'm thinking it's right in the parking lot. I said it was parked in front of the restaurant. True, true. But I'm immediately like, I'm drawn to the smell. I'm drawn to it. Like a a squirrel to a nut. So to be clear, I'm sitting here in my Mazda 3 on Armitage. I've got a ring light. Mm -hmm. I need to find a better place for this. That's not the point. I've got a ring light. I've got dome lights on. There are microphones standing up. I just watch Kevin run by and then I see him kind of like... Walk in a circle, yeah. Oh, my God. And then I'm like, well, surely he's going to notice the car with the ring lights and the microphones. And then I go the opposite direction on Armitage. And then then Kevin calls, and I I said something like, are you fucking kidding me to myself? (laughs) 
And then I thought you had butt dialed me because you didn't answer right away. Okay. No, I had a Bluetooth on. I had the Bluetooth head speakers okay. on. I'm never, I'm never good with that. So. And then Kevin's like, "Are you here? I'm at the Red Hot Ranch on Armitage." Because like, I, I, I was worried. Then I was like, "Oh, is, do they do they have a second location?" And I'm like, like "Not I'm only like, am oh, I here, I, I'm oh. looking at you make this phone call. Yes. I'm watching you in my rear view you're, mirror. You're looking actively at me act like the dumbest animal in the zoo. You know." And that's the hook, the dumbest animal in the, the zoo. Dumbest, my my the guest, dumbest animal on Carcon Carne. <laughs> yeah. So I grab a hot dog. All right, let's do it, dude. I, it might be a little soggy, but it's still yeah, delicious. That's all right, I'm down. Here's I'm my down. here's my problem with Red Hot Ranch. What's your problem with it? Cash only. Have we? I'm we not all a agreed, fan of cash only. Haven't we all agreed that no one carries cash anymore? I mean, I'm not asking them to take Apple Pay. No. I'm just saying, take a credit card. I mean, act like it's 1995 for fuck's sake. Yeah, and it's so. So I enjoy Red Hot Ranch. Love it. We're not too far away from the Lincoln Lodge where I'm I'm doing shows all the time. So it is a go-to. Red Hot, I mean, Lincoln Lodge, you put your card down on the table. You're fine. You know it's there. Mm-hmm. I live a mile away from here. I can be here to pick it up if I if I get a little bit too uh, imbibed. And I can walk home. So I'm, I'm becoming a bit of a regular. And I like that my favorite bar is also my favorite comedy club now. Mm-hmm. So, but now go to ranch all the time. We everyone says the same thing. Like all the comics that love Red Hot Ranch are like, ah, oh, I love uh, Polish sausage at you know twelve thirty. But oh man, I just wish they didn't. They just I could bring my card over. Even Gene and Jude's takes credit cards now. That's a big move for them, though. That's a big. I, move. I could see like like the, some of those older established brands not wanting to do it for a long time. See, and I feel like at this point you kind of have to take credit cards. I understand the argument that mm-hmm. they have to pay a percentage off the top, mm-hmm. but you also lose money if people are turned off by that, or they're forced to use an ATM that charges like four dollars. Exactly, and site. they have an ATM in there. I didn't you know? even want to know. Didn't even want to. Yeah, know. didn't even want to know. But I mean, um, what do you think? Is there another place that you love a lot that does the same thing? I, I can't remember the last place I went to those cash only. Probably a taqueria somewhere. Mm-hmm. I can see it though. A lot of those are like, oh, they don't know if they're gonna last, or there's older people there, and like, how do they run the cards or something? But I, just come on. So here's it's not, thing. it's not like cards are like a relatively new thing. You know? Here's the thing, Kevin. I thought you were bringing more people, yeah. so I got four hot dogs. I was supposed to have two guys with me: Matt, uh, Matt, uh, Matt Banwar and Chris Grieco, who I do roast battle Chicago with. We have a bunch of big shows coming up, but we were taping a podcast at the same time, and they added another one to the schedule. Now, I'm not going to leave uh, the, the three greatest initials in Chicago radio, even eating a hot dog by himself uh, in our WGN. <laughs> I don't want to leave world world's greatest news. Uh-huh, newspaper. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I do like one of the things Red Hot Ranch does. They do the... The old school bundling the hot dog with the French fries. Yes, I love that. Do you ever think you get enough fries when they do that though, or is it like just enough fries? Just enough. And here's the thing: I was thinking one hot dog is an appetizer. <laughs> I mean, who eats one hot dog? I love that is so a Chicago Chicago logic thing. Uh, you know, portion control. We're not good with that. We're part. not good with that. But no. I mean, one hot dog is never enough. No. In if- fact, I will go as far as if I'm driving to a hot dog place, I will get a hot dog for the trip home. Just, just to kind of, how many people call you out on that? Um, I, I've actually, <laughs> I've in, instilled that value in my son. He now participates in that. <laughs> but the point is, at a place like this, where one hot dog is never enough, when you add the fries to the package, it really, it, it's confounding because it's suddenly like a you, you have too many fries. Then, if yeah. you want two oh, hot dogs, oh yeah, true, true, true. It, it, this is an issue with Gene and Jude's as well. Mm, mm. But I digress. So the reason you're here, mm-hmm. uh, one of which we haven't caught up in a million years. I no, probably, we haven't. Caught, we've, uh, it's been a couple of years. I don't think I've seen you in the flesh 
Jesus, I mean, definitely before COVID. How many people do you work with, you know, like doing media now, radio, you, you, a lot of people are doing it from home mm-hmm. um, and all these things. How many different people are you still like really good friends with, still talk to all the time? Still like people you would see all the time, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, you haven't seen them since March of 2020. It's interesting you should bring that up. I had a conversation with a, an old friend of mine recently. We went out for brunch mm-hmm. and we're talking about the notion of friendship. I, th- I think especially as you get older, when you have friends, you don't need to see them or text them keep all the up. time. Got to keep up. You, but you don't even, like, you don't need to, like, have ongoing exchanges every day, every week. You can get back together three years yeah. down the road and pick things right back up. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. Like, we're, we all, we're all busy. We all have our lives. And I haven't seen you in, in the flesh for three years, but here we are. We're picking. I didn't even talk to you. I just hit record when you walked in the car. <laughs> right? I mean, this had, is great. I just feel like I'm walking down the hall at NBC Tower and be like, can you believe that? <laughs> can you, can, did you see this thing? Did you hear about this one? I go all Jay Leno on you really quickly. So I, I want to talk about yeah. the roast battle, which you mentioned, which, sure. which is not a food competition. It's a comedy competition. It's a comedy competition that is, um, I think, uh, so brutal, but also so very Chicago. You and I know the ball-busting ways of Chicago. Oh, yeah. There are many things that we could do in the hallways. Um, at the radio stations, radio station we worked at together that we couldn't do on air that we always wanted to do on air. And roast battling is sort of like that with comics where even though there's things we can do during our sets, but like a battle is a specific thing we do with each other. And there's almost this crowd of people that don't know the comics in town, but they know the roast battle show. Yeah. They know, they know the art of battling. They've seen the comedy central shows and now we're in the roast battle league um, that's governed from you know the comedy store in LA to all is that the really league. that's a real thing? It's a league, yeah. We're in the world. We're in the the roast battle global league, like pickleball, yeah, like pickleball, but like uh, like the National Wrestling Alliance. Mm. We have the territory, so we're we're the Chicago territory. Thanks for making it relatable. Got to bring got to bring it back to wrestling, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's almost kind of how I got involved with it. They're like, you know, wrestling, and you know, the logic of like setting up a fight and mm-hmm. like like some of those different things we can do and. Um, and with the show, I didn't even battle. I've done like comedy competition shows where you debate against somebody or something like that, but never like straight up like you're kind of you do color. Yeah, I was doing color. So they brought us in for panel, which is like you judge. You're actually mm-hmm. a deciding vote. But sometimes if the battles are going south and they're we don't know what they're doing until they get up there, and they we got to chime in. We got to jump in and and add. By going south, you mean that they're dying or that they're being too a little too bit sh- of column A, a little bit of column B. Okay. Sometimes you have a battle where one person's doing real well and the other person isn't. So you kind of have to pick up the slack or something like that, too. And also there's this deceptive thing. Stand-ups are always like in Chicago. They're always puffing each other at improv people and vice versa. And, but there's so many people that do both, right? Because we're an improv town. It's a second city town. We're a sketch improv comedy town in that regard, and comedy-wise. Mm-hmm. But stand-up has come up so much in the last 20 years, and this is another just another evolution of that. But it's there's so many improv things I'm doing that I'm like, oh, I'm, I, wouldn't, I don't know if I'd be doing this normally in a stand-up show where I'm so tied to the page. I love it. And I want to dig more into Roast Battle, but I do want to mention you're on the radio. You're st- you still do yeah. radio. You do it in Rockford. I broadcast from home. I don't, I don't know if I've pulled back the evolution on that. Um, I work with somebody we know, Lou Lombardo. Mm-hmm. You and I are both familiar. He's and a delight. He's an absolute delight. And uh, I'm, I'm doing stuff with wrestling as well, with AAW. Mm-hmm. I'm literally stepping over a broken beer bottle that we used for a scene backstage at AAW. And there's a broken beer bottle, and there's blood, and it's the first thing that the first like full capacity show we had in 2021. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is so great! Like things are finally back the way they should be. 
and I, I may not be in radio, but think, I remember having that conversation. I may not be in radio, but I'm I'm doing I may not, I'm doing some cool stuff. You know, I was doing content for Sports Kita. I'm, I'm oh, right, getting right, by right. making content at my apartment. I'm, I'm still doing the thing I want to do, right? Right. I'm trying to come back, you know? And then out of the blue, I get a phone call, and it's Lou Lombardo, who I had not talked to since before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's this? And, and, and I was like, hi, Lou. Because he's the program director. He's a program director on 104.9 X in Rockford, mm-hmm. station with a lot of history back mm-hmm. to the 80s. Mm-hmm. And he goes, uh, we're in the situation. We're, we're shifting over. We need somebody to fill in. A fill-in turns into, you know, more than a year and a half now. And then you can also hear me in Springfield, uh, the capital city rock station, 97.7 QLG. I love it. Yeah. So doing afternoons there, and I do uh, middays uh, on the X. And we have, a, we have a comedy show coming. Now you get to marry the both, right? Get to do a stand-up comedy show for a radio station. We're doing the Brouhaha on November 17th at Prairie Street Brewing Company. It's all about the hustle. Got a hustle, dude. You're doing it. Yeah. Dude, I, eat, a, eat your hot dog. I gotta eat my hot dog. I just feel good. Hey, I just, it's getting cold. Oh, my God. It's still snaps. Don't you love the snap invocation? Love the snaps. All right, so my son is a culinary student. He, he loves cooking. How I far sp- along is he now? Uh, he's almost done. He's got like a year left. Man, that's so aging. It, Remember yelling at the Allstate Arena? We, you, you tell these stories all the time. And your dad and your your kid asks, is the guy who yells going to be there? Because we go to the WWE shows at the radio station all the time, and you, it'd be at... A good yeah, laugh with that. Kevin would berate the, the children who, who cheered for the wrong, the wrong person or the heel. Um, but so he's he's a culinary student. I spent four hours with him on Sunday at home making Italian sausage. <laughs> this is your dream. This, <laughs> this is your dream, dude. Your kid just makes you food you want. <laughs> so we went to Peoria Packing in the West Loop, mm-hmm. got a, a pork shoulder, like a 20-pound pork shoulder, and 10-pound. Um, and so he cut it up. He ground the meat. Mm-hmm. He got the the casings from Peoria, and then we we put it through the grinder. And I helped him thread the. Uh, yeah, you, you have to catch it, right? You have to. Like, yeah. Kinda, well, you kind of wrap the casing around. Okay. The grinder, and it, it comes out, and you kind of keep pushing the meat. It's a. You never want to see how the sausage is made. It's a cliche, but it's also the truth. <laughs> did it turn you off to sausage? Oh, I, I was aware of how this worked. Yeah. No, I'm, but I mean, like the process of doing it did it turn you off to no, sausage? I, I'm, I'm or are you like, I'm going to have one today? Well, we, we made too many. Like, we made like 21 links. Um, but the reason why I say all this is because the snap of the freshly made sausage in the casings from the packing plants, magnificent. Yeah? Oh, my God. And at home. Is there a different taste to it for you making it at home? Oh, he he, he mixed it with um, some peppers and some basil and some fennel. And he... Did you say fennel? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but th- that's a long way to say the oh. snap is everything with a the sausage, whether it's a hot dog or an Italian sausage or a. You know, my favorite Polish. thing now is um, the older I get, I probably don't eat better, right? But I like going to the Vienna beef hot dog restaurants. There's no, no, you go to a place that serves Vienna beef. You don't go to a restaurant that's just the Vienna beef place, right? And I love going in, and you know the poster, you've seen it. It's the mm-hmm. giant hot dog that is Navy Pier. Mm-hmm. And there's a boat, almost like a fire rescue boat. Mm-hmm. It, the fire rescue boat is completely wasting public resources. <laughs> it could be putting down a skyscraper fire right now from the lakefront mm-hmm. and spraying from the lake into, into the fire. But no, it's using that hose to spray a giant stream of mustard onto the hot dog that has replaced <laughs> Navy Pier. And, it's uh, in every that and a picture of Steve Delinsky, the hungry hound, in every restaurant in the city. <laughs> or the uh, the giant like hot dog or Polish sausage that's floating down Maxwell Street for some reason. 
I love the Navy Pier one because it's like, what a tragedy, a giant hot dog is crushed. Uh, but it appears like everyone's all right with it. Mm. It appears like, a, see, I was going to talk to you about this. You're wearing, for the people just listening to the audio, James and also making the, the, the bravest decision I've ever seen anyone with a Chicago hot dog do. White, White. button-up shirt, uh-huh. eating a hot dog in a car. Mm-hmm. With, with the full, you got the full trimmings, dude. I did it. I did it. You did it? What'd you get? You get mm. a mustard out there? No, no. You all right? I survived. Yeah. Two hot dogs later, I did it. But Donna, I, Donna Summer. This is rock and roll Jeopardy reference. Got to do it. This is kind of like preparing for you know a, anaphylactic shock, like having an EpiPen. <laughs> I prepare with a Tide pen. I just didn't know. <laughs> you got to jam it into jam it under your thigh. <laughs> Give me ten seconds. I'm good. <laughs> but I did it. I I, I wanted to. I, I'm glad you brought this up. Right. I, I wanted to add a little like. Reality show challenge to tonight's recording. I wanted to wear white with the relish and the mustard and the grease. I did it. Someone's watching the video saying, after Labor Day, <laughs> you never eat a hot dog in a car after Labor Day with a white shirt. Well, the beauty of working from home is, yes, I'm wearing the, the dress shirt. How much do you love working from home? It's the best. Although, I will say, I, it is the best. I'm, I'm also mm-hmm. incredibly productive. Because I worked with you for years in an office. And there'd be days where I'm just like, I don't know if you just like this office. There'd be days where you told me you like the job. I just don't like here or this or the travel or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm very productive working from home. That okay. said, after doing it for a couple of years, I do kind of like, I have to go downtown occasionally. I like the commute. Okay. I mean, the commute in Chicago is not awesome, but there is something to be said once in a while, getting my coffee on the way, playing the music or podcast I want to listen to, and just... Mm-hmm. Checking out for an hour. I, I can't answer email because I'm driving my car. There is something to be said for that commute every now and then. But more often than not, I'm working from home, and it's very nice. There you go. There you go, man. And that's the American dream. The American dream now, I guess. Well, and just the fact that you're doing radio from home. I mean, as everyone did during the pandemic starting then. Like, can you imagine five years from now a world where you would do that? I mean, even if you were doing Springfield and Rockford, you'd still have to go into a studio to record those shows. Yeah, and I almost – I do miss a studio. Because it's just like my laptop. I got a, I got a crane arms so that that feels like radio, right? And it's just a good internet deal. Um, but I don't think I've ever made people dislike radio more than the people I. Because I don't live alone. Mm. I think the people <laughs> I live with really genuinely don't like radio anymore because the, of you. Because of me, and we're like voice ring, but we're like live to take the day of. Right. But the amount of times that they have to hear me like do a commercial. That they can't fast forward over because I'm actually I'm doing multiple takes. And, and Kevin's not an NPR host. Kevin Kevin has a booming voice. You're I'm sure you're. Distracting. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm sure. How dare you say that? I'm a broadcaster. I'm sure you're a little distracting. Yeah. around the homestead. Yes, uh, but you're having fun. I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would. I mean, under the circumstances, like where I'm at, like it's not like I wouldn't enjoy it. But I was brought in in the sense of, hey, somebody just dropped out, and we need someone on air. It was Friday. Lou calls me and is like, we need you on air Monday. Can you do it? And I was like, yeah. And like, how often are you like, we need you for this? And he's like, in the week after, we may have to have you on in Springfield too. And that was what was supposed to be a temporary thing. And so now I'm there for almost a year and a half. And, and then I do the podcasting stuff from home at the same time. So there's a lesson there for, mm-hmm. for you for you people at home. Um, don't burn bridges. It's true in radio. It's true everywhere. Like, do, do good work, yes. Mm-hmm. But also be a righteous dude who people want to help out. And Conan O'Brien, work hard, be kind. That's These it. Amazing things will happen. That's it. You had a great relationship with It's Lily. easy to get mad. I mean, you know this in radio. It's easy. It's really easy to get bitter. It's really, really easy to remember someone's name with venom and stuff like that. But then I, I don't look at it that way because it's like, what do I actually get if I, you know, if that's 
the energy I want to put in the world. I can have that, right? But I'll, but I'll, you know, I have, I have that Irish Catholic bury it down until it explodes, or I you know turn it into a turn it into a bit, and then it's fine. Then it's a song, you know. Then it then it's gone. It's in the ether. The way I look at it, the, the people who I would be bitter about in radio, they still have to be them every yeah. day. Like I win. Like, yeah. Fuck those people. Yeah, and the and also sometimes it's not. It's circumstantial. It's not. It's like oh, they they were there for the trauma of it, or they were there mm. for. The resentment of it, you know, it's like you're going to remember someone you saw right before you got hit by lightning. You're not mad at them because, you know, they hit me with lightning, you know, unless they're Zeus. You know, he okay. just seems like a guy who has real beef with people. I hated the la- latest Thor movie. You didn't like it? No, I haven't seen it. I haven't it. seen it. I've got Disney Plus, right? Right when the pandemic got going, Disney Plus comes out, right? And it comes out and I hadn't seen Infinity War and I hadn't seen Endgame. And that was in what of twenty twenty, the spring of twenty twenty. Yeah, how do how do you go so long without seeing like the biggest movies of the past twenty years? I have not seen Endgame. I've had it sitting there in the queue for that long. I've watched full seasons of things. I've watched odd Disney Channel stuff, but it's just like you got the girlfriend. She's like, I don't want to watch explosions, and then you're with her. And I'm like, oh, I'm three hours away from watching stuff blow up, go boom, catch right. Here's the thing about Endgame. Not a popular opinion. Didn't like it at all. Loved and in- you are a devout comic book yeah, I mean, it, it, wizard. This, I loved Infinity War. Loved it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it as well. Hated Endgame. Okay. Like, nothing about it rang true or worked for me. Okay, it, it didn't deliver for you. No. Right. And you didn't like, uh, what is it, Love and, Love, and, uh, Love and Thunder? Love and Thunder. No. Yeah. I enjoyed uh, Ragnarok. I thought that was great. Yeah, so I was kind of like amped for this other one coming up here. You know? See, and... Uh, my my free time now when I watch movies, it's all horror. Yeah, it, yeah. Big into the Shutter. You got the Shutter. Got the Shutter. Uh, I just did the Screambox seven day trial so that I can watch Terrifier two. That's the uh, that's the competitor one, right? That's the competitor. And Terrifier two is the one that is has that nineteen fifties a movie so terrifying. Moviegoers well, are losing their lunch watching it. The ter- the first Terrifier was fantastic and it kind of made its name uh, on streaming and uh, Netflix etc. Uh, Paul Wiley, former Chicagoan musician, scored the Terrifier movies. He's great. You know everyone who does something creative in town, and I love that about you. <laughs> Paul also was Marilyn Manson's guitarist up until, I'm assuming, very recently. Okay. Um, Good call. But Paul does these kind of throwback scores that are like John Carpenter-esque. Like his scores are fantastic. Right? I've made the spooky season putting on dark synthwave stuff in the background while I'm taping radio in my ear. Yeah. Not, not, obviously not booming out on air. I don't think everyone can put up with four hours of John Carpenter's do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. But, but it makes you productive. Well, I think that's radio's problem. I think they need <laughs> they need to try. <laughs> By the way, I was reading... productive ambiance. I was reading a theory that since the Halloween reboot kind of kind of puttered out at the I'm end. I'm going to watch it, but I have, yeah, I've heard that. Ends was not so much. I kind of like the first of the three. Someone suggested... I was reading somewhere... That they start rebooting or do a prequel to Halloween 3, which I love. Season of the Witch. Season of the Witch. A great movie outside of ref- calling itself Halloween 3, a genuinely great film. Creepy, one of those classic dark endings mm-hmm. like the, that just leaves a mark when you leave the theater. Uh, the concept, I mean, basically the concept is they're trying to kill children all around the world as part of a ritual sacrifice. With consumerism. With consumerism, exactly. It's so good. In and the it, middle of the 80s, too. But, but I read that, I thought, that would be a perfect, with all the different properties getting rebooted, mm-hmm. prequels, that's one that's been just sitting there and it was ignored because it wasn't well-received when it came out, but retroactively everyone said, oh yeah, that was a cool concept. Mm-hmm. 
And they've they rebooted so much, right? They did. Well, they Hellraiser tra- was just on Hulu. Yeah, and I haven't. I heard that was very good. That was good. Mm-hmm. Lots of cool practical effects. I'm uh, catching up on. I know found footage is a played out gimmick, but I still love yeah. a lot of that stuff. Yeah, VHS '94. I watched and I got '99 to catch up on. '94 had some great moments. '99 is garbage. No, I haven't seen. 90, I'll still watch it. I'll still watch it. Yeah, but I enjoyed '94. I thought it it because re- uh, they did a third one like eight years ago, and it really dropped off. Yep. First two are probably two of the best found footage movies up there with like Blair Witch or Paranormal Activity or something like that. I also like Legend of Hell House LLC. The script is not so much. That's like, the documentary, the, right? Yeah, the the, uh, the dialogue's not so great, but there are some fantastic scares in there. And it's like good for the taxes movies. that they went with the LLC when you really think about it. <laughs> That's, it just makes good fiscal sense. Yeah, You're absolutely you gotta, right. you got to think of yourself on the back end. If you want another hot dog. I, I want the fries. I don't know if I can handle a dog. Am I bad if I eat just the fries? No. Hell yeah, dude. It's for you. Hell it's, yeah. It's because the people you promised would come with didn't come with. <laughs> Here we go. Chris and Matt, I'm eating your dog, dude. Uh, Chris dog. and Matt of Roast Battle fame. Roast Battle happens at the Lincoln Lodge the first and third Thursdays each month at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're recording this on November 1st. I'll have this published in time for the November 3rd Roast Battle. Big one. So number uh, we have Jessica... Mizra, so if you're listening to us on Thursday, uh, and Grace Leishman, there are two champions. We have our undercard champion oh. and our world champion. So imagine WrestleMania six scenario, Ultimate Warrior, Intercontinental Champion versus Hulk Hogan, WWF Champion, title for title, all the all the straps on the line, Ice Queen versus the Mizra. It's uh, and they they're fresh off of playing the Comedy Store in L.A. They played the Big Belly Room in L.A. with uh, Whitney Cummings and. Jeff Ross on the panel, and and both did really really well, and we're excited for him, and we're getting millions of people to watch us on the TikTok, and we don't even dance, you know. <laughs> so cool. yeah, you're on TikTok, the the podcasts, the videos of the performances, performances, the the battles yeah. are on YouTube. Yeah, you can watch full battles on our YouTube. So if you're not just if you have a more of an attention span for more than thirty seconds, uh, we can do that, and we, we're very algorithmic on the TikTok in terms of like what we tag, and it's how we've. Kind of found an audience. You need to it. teach me. I, I, Carcon Carney's on TikTok as of last week. So big, uh, when you put something up on the internet and it goes viral, have you had the people making corrections about what you say? Because this specific. You're assuming that Carcon Carney's gone viral. <laughs> I've done this for nine years. I, I'm getting like 200 view, views on TikTok. You're only going viral if it's food poisoning, baby. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm hot. I'm hot. I'm with it. You're big, big Thor. We're talking Thor uh, Marvel stuff, right? <laughs> so I do this battle. Jessica Misitano bodies me, all right? This is my first big battle on the show. Bodies me. But I had this joke that I knew she was going to come at me with something. I knew she was going to. She has this thing where she says I look like Thanos, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm bald and I have a big lumbering forehead, right? <laughs> um, and, and, and I have a late, large head. And she said, you look like Thanos if his power was he wanted to reinstitute segregation. I was like, that's just, all right, okay, all right, that's not true, but thank you for the compliment that I look like Thanos. And I went with, <laughs> I'm the most powerful character in the cinematic universe. There's something I have on my finger, and it's a ring. He has a, he has a power, I'm stumbling over the words, but he has a ring on his finger, and you don't. And, <laughs> and, you know, and, like, and it hit with the audience. But the internet hit it with a different way because it was like, he doesn't wear rings. He has a gauntlet. Oh, fuck off. And I, it got a million views on TikTok. And I had literally 
thousands of people. And then people doing like the reaction videos. Oh, no, no. Where no. they're like, oh, come on, dude. How do you not know that he has a gauntlet? And they're holding up their, uh, like their, their, their figure of him with the gauntlet on or like with a glove and stuff like that. And so I was like, one lady walked on the show and she said, Thanos at the bar. I was like, that's it. That's all I need to know. Somebody who came to the show bought a ticket, had a good time. But if I aggravated a bunch of people who went to the midnight showing of Thor, Love, and Thunder, I'm okay with it. You can't win. You can't win. You can't win. And also, I understand it. I got up there, and she's a mean, wonderful lady. <laughs> and I'm I'm just this lumbering jerk who produces the show. So I have no problem taking the knee to the queen, you know? Uh, so, so it's all right. It's all right. So how, how mean does it get? Oh, it's, I, it's I, I've watched mean. the videos. It all A lot of the stuff I've seen seemed kind of good-natured. Yes. There's there's some stuff that's gone that people share and they think it's a little bit too much or we cross a certain line. We've been called, oh, how do you body shame or something like that? But the, I, I think when people see just a clip, and it's I mean by clip, yeah. they're talking like 20 seconds, mm-hmm. that we've diced together to get into that sense of those super short attention spans, especially that younger people have, you know? And then we have people in their 30s and 40s that come to our show and they watch the full battles. And they're and not, I'm not downgrading the Gen Z crowd. It's just a different yeah. approach. And everybody who does the show agrees to it. There's also, we have do's and don'ts. Like, hey, this is something, can you not talk about this? Sure, sure. And there was things I didn't want and Jess yeah. did when we did in that, that battle in particular. And she's like, can I go for this? I was like, yeah, yeah, go for it. You know, and like, that doesn't bother me. And there's other people who are like, go for anything. I don't care what it is. And you have some people bringing up like, this person's dad died last year. And it's like, whoa. And I understand the shock of it. I think part of the shock of it is is appealing and like almost like it, I get it, uh, but then there's some of it where I'll watch it and I'm producing it, but I can't like go over everyone's jokes. Even as a comic, yeah, I can't go to you like be like, "Can we not do this? Can you?" I can't do that to people. And we and there's some clips we won't put out because we, we feel like all right, that doesn't do it. But there's other clips we put out where we're like, all right, we're towing the line there. But hey, you guys signed up for it. You guys cool if we put this out? And they go, yeah, do it. You know. That's cool. So it seems like it's civil, at least, in terms of agreeing on terms. Yeah, I wouldn't want um, anyone to do our show who's a comic who's uncomfortable. Because there's people I've asked, and like, oh, it's not for me. Or they asked to do it, and I was like, do you understand what you're signing up for? Yeah. You know, that type of thing. Well, that's cool. It's a fight club, but we talk about it. So, yeah, like, you, you're going to get socked with words in your face, you know, that, that type of thing. I love it. Like a, like a roll of quarters. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so again, Tuesdays and Thursdays, the Lincoln Lodge. We're, thir- we're the first Thursday. We're the first and third th- Thursday. I said Tuesday. Yeah. First and third Thursdays. I right around know. the corner from where we are right now. Really, right. Really, yeah. uh, I think you came from that direction when you I, couldn't I was, find my yeah, car. Yeah, mm-hmm. right around the corner from where we are now. So uh, again, this, this is going on twice a month. It's taking off your part of the national roast landscape. Yes. How long has this been going on? This show started out with Chris and Matt, like right as the pandemic opened up, and it was in the Lodge. The Lincoln Lodge is a great venue that has a lot of history in comedy. Go back to like the early mid two thousands. Camille Nanjiani, T.J. Miller, mm-hmm. a lot of people that broke out of Chicago were part of like this cast of stand-ups. It was almost like the Second City model, but for stand-ups on a show, and they revolve and they bring in different people. Mm-hmm. They that group buys a theater space, and now they have multiple rooms. And they want to do multiple things that pop off. I'm, I wouldn't call it a gimmick show. It's probably the best, most uh, easy to explain it way. And they come in with a roast battle show, model off what was happening in LA. And at the time, we weren't in the league, 
and then they evolved it in the league. And I'm on the panel a lot. I'm not doing the show. So, mm-hmm. like, you're the radio guy. You know how to chime in at the right time yeah. and, and call. And I started doing that more. And then they had a tournament show where I did two in a night. At the end of it, they're like, can we talk to you, like, in a few weeks when the tournament? I was like, yeah, sure. And then afterwards, they're like, do you want to host some of these? And I started to host, and I was like, that was like a wrestling thing. And you do the rah, rah, rah. And it feels like I'm introducing, you know, insert band A opening yeah. through the offspring, you know? Yeah. So, like. You guys ready for Shinedown? <laughs> you guys ready for Shinedown? <laughs> so, Shinedown versus offspring in a roast battle if you guys want to do it. Uh, <laughs> Brent versus Dexter, you guys want we'll write it for you, all that good stuff. I uh, saw Shinedown in Tinley Park like three or four years ago. My son thought he liked Shine Down, so I got him tickets. Yeah. About halfway through the show, he said, "I'm good." Is that something where you you and we have available things where we get to see a lot of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Where you go and you're like, "Oh, I don't, I know I'm going to be able to see something cool in the future." So, is it like a spoiled thing, you know, uh, to a degree? No, it's just I've had that. I've I, actually had I'm that. a big believer. If you're not having fun, leave. Like, oh yeah, th- there is that feeling. Like, if you spend a lot of money on a ticket, especially you feel like oh, I got to ride this up. Maybe, <laughs> you know, I, I I'm in it. I spent X amount of dollars. I'm gonna sit through the whole show. Um, but, you know, if you're not having fun, leave. What's uh, a show you've been to recently that you love? I've one. I've one. I went to, and it's a band that you and I have gone and seen before together. Who do we see together? We saw Manson together. We saw Manson together. And I felt bad because I was coming down with a sickness. Right. And you, I had to be on air the next day. You for, were late and you yeah. hated the show. I, I only hated the show because I was in really, really yeah. bad shape. Okay. Me. Yeah. Who else did we see together? Iron Maiden. Of course. I saw Maiden. I was in. I was on a work trip in San Diego last month. Oh. And it was my last night in San Diego. And I, <clears throat> when I did a lot, of, a lot more business travel, I always felt like if I'm in another town, mm-hmm. I need to spend those waking hours where I'm not doing work. Doing something fun, exploring, yeah. getting out of the city. I may, who knows when I'll get back to that city. Doing comedy, yeah, I, I feel like that way. Even yeah. if I'm like doing a one night at a bar in Wisconsin, I'm like, I still want to go to like a pilot gas station and see some weird trucker hats. Yeah. So I, it was my last night. I'm like, I'm going to look at Polestar, see who's in, in town. And Maiden was playing in Chula Vista, which is like 15 miles away from downtown where I was staying. Awesome. So I grabbed one of the guys who I was working with that week. I'm like, hey, you want to see Maiden? He's from Chicago. He's like, sure, I've never seen him before. So we jumped in the lift and saw Iron Maiden. They were, they were still so great. In their 60s, Bruce Dickinson still sounds great. Nico, the drummer, still oh, sounds yeah. great. Everyone still plays their parts. They don't play a type of heavy metal that I think is too fast or lumbering on the body where they can't do it. Um, but the production of the show is unparalleled. The production unparalleled. The, the set changes. Uh, so I got tickets and went and saw them at the United Center a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. And you, you talk to a guy at an arena, and you're in the 300s, and he goes, oh, you know, come, come, come on. And, like, and, and we came down, and they put us right by the right behind the soundboard. And we got oh, to see damn. the stage. And there, there's some of the stages, like, cut off. But yeah. I was like, this, I still love that because there was that part of that production part of me of, like, running shows. When we, when yeah. we were doing stuff at the Aragon, I always love seeing the other side of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's happening. And um, just incredible. I love bands that have longevity. Maybe that's just me. Uh, and entering the certain part of my life where I don't mind liking things I liked when I'm 15, oh, liking yeah. them even more. Well, I, one of the most liberating things I ever did for myself was get rid of the idea of guilty pleasures. Yeah. Once you tell yourself there's no such thing and you just like the stuff you like, yeah. life becomes so much easier. Way easier. I did that a couple of years ago. Much more with comedy. I do jokes about it. Much more with wrestling. All of my jobs are something I enjoy. And right. any day I really bitch about it, I'm just like, 
No, I'm bitching about something circumstantial. I'm not bitching about the work itself. Good perspective and a hard-earned perspective. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's also like a sense of gratitude and stuff like that mm-hmm. too. I kind of I don't mind having to kick my ass often. I don't mind that. You know, ADD teaches you that you have to do it. <laughs> All right. So again, the roast battle, super fun. You really get a sense of the depth of the comedy scene mm-hmm. with the, just the, the different personalities, the the styles of humor, just the amount of bodies that make up. Chicago's comedy scene. Super diverse. Yeah. Uh, a lot of different people, a lot of different age groups, uh, a lot of different backgrounds, so a bunch of different approaches. But we do enjoy putting the friends up there because the friends are going to have... They're going to have the inside. Yeah, they're going to yeah. have the inside. But but the, with a tournament you know, that we're going to have coming up in a few months, we have, we don't have all the pairings for it, we're going to end up having people that don't know each other. And, you can, and, and there's something interesting about that too, but it's also like... You could have something where somebody's been doing comedy for a year and a half, and they beat somebody who's been doing yeah. it 10, 12 years, you know? And um, and, th- and that's happened. Our champion, Grace Leishman, played the comedy store. She's been doing, she's been doing comedy less than two years. That's unheard of. You don't even think you to, like, walk in and, like, sometimes get on the mic at the comedy store in L.A. and perform in front of Whitney Cummings and Jeff Ross and, like, you know, how many other people there? And I I... This isn't like, ooh, I did this. No, it's the show we did got somebody there, the group effort yeah. of other people that produced the show. And there's other people involved with the show before I got involved with it um, that did that too. And then to help somebody along and, and make them a bigger and better comic and open door, I, I'm fine with that. I love it. And speaking of your stand-up work, how long did it take for you to get comfortable? You just mentioned her with her two, two years. Yeah. of a long time. long, long time. Because I was doing improv and I was doing radio at the same time. And, and uh, and, the, the, those uh, are different parts of the brain, though, aren't they? Stand they up are, improv? but it all feels like I'm playing in a band. Like, I just walk around, I just play a different instrument. You know? Okay. That's that are, all, it's all with my mouth. Though. <laughs> my mom way. said, you run from one microphone to the next. Uh, that, that's, a great, that, I, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah. It's playing in a band. Yeah. T- today, I did, I woke up, literally woke up, brushed my teeth, I went to a desk, I did radio, and then I did a video about wrestling, and then I did a <laughs> podcast about wrestling. <laughs> Then I did radio. Then I ate a donut. Then I left my house. Then I went and goofed around with comedians on microphones. Then I sat in a car with you and ate hot dogs. And then I think we're going to go around the block and probably rip an open mic set and then drink a PBR and go home. And then I think to myself, like, why would I ever bitch? You know what I mean? You're, you're living your I best ever, life. Why would I? And there's so many days where I complain or, oh, I got to wake up early. Well, because oh, the financial God. reward isn't, like... Oh, no, no, no. I mean, there, there's been easier times in my life financially yeah. and stuff like that. And that, that's, I mean, that's, I'm, that's I'm, the root of so many people's bitching. No, but I'm paying rent with rah, rah, ha, ha, body slams, you know? Like, that's not, that's not a bad way to go. Not a bad way at all. You're no. living your best life. No. I, 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 had somebody, uh, I had somebody say, like, are you ever, like, everything you do is just like, I was like, yeah. All, and, and I didn't think about it until they, I had to lay it out like a month or two ago with somebody. I was like, oh. You're a performer. And also like, during the pandemic. Like we're, we're, none of that should work. You know, like none of that should be a thing. You know, like that should take a lot longer to get going with. And, and I'm okay with it. If I don't make it, I'm doing the things I want to do. And you're hustling. Yeah. And what is, what, is, what is making it to it? You know, like, they're, they're, that's a really question. If you're happy and paying rent, that's making it. Yeah. If you're happy and you're making content, clap your hands. 
That's how we sync video, too. <laughs> there you go, G. That was for you. <laughs> All right. Kevin Kellum, you can see him. Uh, you can hear him in and around the, the roast battle. You can hear, watch him on YouTube. You mm -hmm. can see him on stage. If you're a podcast person, we have a podcast out as well. We do long-form conversations. Mm -hmm. we, just, uh, we just did one where I had to leave as they sprung a guest on somebody so they could solve some beef that was based mm -hmm. off of a battle. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about beef, wrapping it all up. So if you're in Rockford, you can hear Kevin. If you're in Springfield, Illinois, you can hear Kevin. Sportskeeda.com, I'm on there as well. Yeah. I, I'm exhausted just thinking about your schedule. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when we were doing Roast Battle, I did all of my plugs at the end. And they're like, "You, if you kept doing your plugs, it would have just like floated into another episode. So, uh, but yeah. So uh, Also, I'm on Twitter while that's still a thing. So uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know what to do with that. What are you going to do? Are you going to pay for your eight bucks to have your verification? Oh, God, no. I, well, you know, I never got verified, and I oh, tried. the beef, the long-standing James Van Osdell Q101 beef is when are they going to verify my Twitter account? Everyone got verified. Kellum's verified. I'm not verified. Everyone I worked with at Cumulus the, was verified. The, I mean. Fucking interns got verified. I could <laughs> I've been on Twitter since like 2006. I can't get verified. The bear that we dress up for picnic will get a blue check mark. It, it, it felt personal after a while. <laughs> now you have to pay eight bucks for it. <laughs> no, is, is it eight bucks? Because the last thing they know. said yesterday was they were mulling around 20 bucks. Oh, I guess there's, well, they haven't put it all out. Right. But like, but Elon Musk just took over Twitter, blah, blah, blah. You're not an internet person. What is he doing? They're going to, if you get verified on Twitter, more people get to see you. Uh, well, that's it, always been the case. It's a, it's you're verifying that you are the person you say you are. You're a person of note, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and so that was a good thing to have. Yeah. You would have to get it from Twitter. Right now, Twitter wants you to pay for that verification and that reach, and it almost becomes like the same problems people have with Facebook. Well, I'm on Facebook just because I'm networked with so many people. Sure, there. of course. Um, but you know, the the you could you could be in a band ten years ago. And get people to come to your show through Facebook without having to pay for it. Now you have to pay to reach oh, the same 300 people you did I've, 10 I've been years ago. I've thwarted by the Facebook algorithm. Oh, but, and you and I have talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I, absolutely thwarted. But the Twitter thing, I just don't know. Like, I haven't touched it for a while because mm -hmm. it got really disgusting. Yeah. And it just, it, it, the fun was gone. Like, I'll occasionally go on, read what Pat Oswald has to say. But yeah. Very good Twitter. Very Very, good Twitter oh, he's yeah. amazing. And he's prolific. Like, he's always putting stuff out there. Um, I I don't know. Like, I don't want to be draconian and just say, well, fuck it. Elon Musk is here. I'm going to get rid of everything. Because I've got I, so many years of I this. stay I, on it because of the stuff I have to do. Like, I have to kind of, like, be with those things. And there's a network of some people that are more mm -hmm. active that I have to work with. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is. it does strike me as, uh, oh, come on. You know, like, does everything have to be, like, tip- in one level of toxicity in this direction or that direction. Oh, we're this app for these people and this, and then it's, well, then you're just, yeah. a, you're just a message board. You're just a message that's, board. Then that's, that's it. You know, and I remember message boards. There's so many people that don't go to those. Like we're, it's just going to devolve like streaming services. You know, it's, it's going to become like, Oh, I don't have cable, but I have five streaming <laughs> yeah, services. Exactly. I've got Disney plus I've got AMC plus I've got HBO max. I've got shutter. Mm -hmm. I've got screen box. Yeah. I, yeah. Or you have the churn where you have it for a little while and you, you, you get off right. of it. And, and I guess social media could be like that too. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I still, it's the cliche, but I, I go to social media to be social. I, I find all that stuff so fatiguing when, when there's that herd mentality of like piling on people. I'm like, I, I don't want any part My of My favorite 
interaction with you ever before meeting you. And meeting you was always wonderful and like getting to work with you and different things. I remember we went and had a, a lunch one time at Billy Goat. And I was like, I'm going to have a lunch with this guy. I listened to him on the radio my whole life. This is so cool. But I remember before that, we had an interaction on Twitter of all places, talking about Twitter being like fun. Twitter was fun when it was the at midnight Comedy Central, like uh, yeah. tw- the hashtag wars. Yeah, yeah. I think we started to do something. You and I, we went back and forth on adding poop jokes to Iron Maiden songs. Oh, that was because I stepped in human poop at Iron yes, Maiden. Yes, you stepped yeah. in human shit at an Iron Maiden concert, mm-hmm. and I felt the need to tweet to you about this. Right. So it was like number two minutes to midnight, the the pooper, um, <laughs> the number two of the beast. <laughs> number two of the beast, absolutely, yeah. I don't remember what else. But Die yeah. with your shitty boots on. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back to Maiden, doesn't it? It does, yeah. All right, well, Kevin Kellum, I literally, Kevin walked in the car. I hit record. We haven't caught up at all. The, the, I guess this was catching this up. wonderful. Uh, I just, the, the, the second he walks in the car, perform for me, Kevin. <laughs> dance, monkey. You're on dance, camera. Bald perform. monkey, dance. <laughs> dance, Thanos. <laughs> With your gauntlet. Oh. <laughs> gauntlet, yeah, I've got a ring. i got a ring. You hear that, Internet? <laughs>